It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. We got some winning to talk about. The Reds swept the Pirates exactly like we all wanted them to, exactly like they needed to. We're going to talk about that here in today's podcast. I've also got some thoughts about the one-night stand in Cleveland coming up tonight. As uh, you got Sam Hint just for the Indians against Luis Castillo for the Reds. And what platoon? We've got some thoughts on Eugenio Suarez and Mike Mustakis and third base and how to figure this all out. That's all coming up on today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Before we get going into all of that, though, let's hit that graphic. Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for finding the Locked On Reds podcast here today. Before we really get into everything, I want to apologize in advance. I'm a little bit under the weather can't breathe out of my nose i might have some weird sounding stuff if, if you binge watch or binge listen to the podcast later on this week hopefully this episode will sound completely different from the rest of them because hopefully i'll be over this tomorrow but yeah right now a little bit <clears throat> a little bit weird at some point who knows not sure uh let's talk about this red sweep though because that is exactly what the doctor ordered a four-game sweep, and really the only tightly contested game was on Sunday. Yeah, so, uh, Thursday looked a little bit hairy. Sonny Gray giving up four runs there. But for the most part, the Reds dominated the Pirates at every phase of this entire series. It was phenomenal to watch because you saw not only great hitting, which obviously they scored a ton of runs, so that was great, but you also saw great pitching too. Starting pitching for this series was phenomenal when you look at the fact that they tossed 25 innings, allowed 24 hits, had 28 strikeouts with just five walks and seven earned runs allowed. And like I mentioned, four of those were Sonny Gray. In fact, it's a nice little five-game streak of which, if you include the win against the Twins, five games in a row in which Red starters have gotten the win, if you're into that sort of thing. It's just kind of a funny little stat to look at, but I'm going to tell you what, Jesse Winker is not going to be able to contain his excitement for the next time that he has to face the Pirates because he was absolutely insane. Just going off in all sorts of ways. He had seven hits on the four game set. Five of them were for extra bases, two homers and three doubles. He was just killing them. And, and it was between him and the fact that the Reds got Nick Castellanos and Mike Mustakis back, everything just energized. Jonathan India had a nice weekend. Another homer from Joey Votto. I mean, hey, got the t-shirt on today. But I, I, I just loved everything that the Reds did. Plus, you look into the problematic side that the Reds have had all year in the bullpen. For the four-game set, 11 innings, two earned runs. That's it. 
I mean, they gave up some hits and some walks, whatever. And, and they had strikeouts too, but that's what you look for. You don't want your bullpen guys to come in and give up runs and they didn't. In fact, I look at the two guys who we've kind of said right now are the two best pitchers in the Reds bullpen. Now, Lucas Sims is back. It's good to see that. But the law firm of Michael and Michael have been phenomenal ever since Michael Givens came over to the Reds. And since Michael Lorenzen has been off the injured list, they've combined for 12 and two thirds innings, no earned runs, 11 strikeouts, five walks and five hits, 10 base runners. 11 strikeouts in 12 and two thirds innings for the Michaels. That's fantastic. That's the way that those are the numbers that you want to see, but the reds did exactly what we needed them to do because what were we saying coming into this season or the series, the baseline was three out of four. When you look at the fact that they swept those four games, they were able to kind of actually, if you really think about it, technically it was a comeback win on Sunday because they went down one, nothing. And then they scored three runs in the bottom half of the same inning that they went down one nothing, and the bullpen held on. That was a great performance. By the way, too, we got to shout that out because I've been critical of Tyler Malley and his ability to uh, be effective with his pitches. He was effective on Sunday. It was fantastic to see. Seven innings is exactly what I want to see from Tyler Malley. That should be the expectation for him. He is phenomenally talented, and you saw what he brought to the table. 10 strikeouts in a seven-inning game. He did allow two earned runs, but two runs in seven innings, this lineup is going to be able to feast if he can do that every time out. I loved the performance that he gave on Sunday. That was what I've been looking for from him all year long. Tyler, more of that, please, because that was phenomenal. Now, we've got one game against the Indians, a one-night stand as they go up in Cleveland. Hit the desk. I'm not mad. I promise. Um, but they're going up into Cleveland for this one night stand, a makeup from a rainout on May 9th. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I wanted to let you know that when it comes to daily fantasy sports and things like that, did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Boy, those odds suck. I mean, but is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance, but now you do. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantages. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time so that you can figure out how to beat them. No one else does that. I mean, I've I've played plenty of daily fantasy sports and like they said, 85% of people lose. That is so true because you might pick a couple of really good players who just go off, but you're up against thousands of other people who may or may not actually have picked the exact right, perfect lineup. Stat hero is way better than that because it's just you versus the house one-on-one. You don't have to worry about Joe Schmo who might pick every single home run for the game or for that day. It, It, It's a lot better than this. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. 
300%. They're giving you 300%. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That is stathero.com slash locked on. New game day shirt. Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate. Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. All right. One night in Cleveland as the Reds wrap up their season series against their better rivals from the north side of Ohio. I mean, I guess not really. If you, if you kind of think of professional sports in the state of Ohio, I definitely think the Browns and Bengals are more bitter rivals than the Reds and Indians, but that's just me. But it's the Ohio Cup. Right now the Reds have the favor. They have the um, advantage. <sighs> hate being under the way they have the advantage in the ohio cup three to two in this series currently this year when last we saw the indians they were 18 and 14 and they were a half game out of the al central that was may 8th now they're 54 and 55 they're 10 and a half games back from the white Sox. they're eight and a half games out of the second wild card spot if you look at the percentage chances of making the playoffs and things like that on baseball reference right now, the reds are almost at 30%. It's like 29.4 or something like that. The, uh, Indians are in. So you think there's a chance territory less than 10% chance to make the playoffs for the Indians. They they're probably out of it for all intents and purposes. They have dealt and their biggest reason for that is they've dealt with a lot of injuries to key guys. Shane Bieber and Aaron Savale, two of their best pitchers, probably their two best pitchers, have been out for extended periods. They just got Zach Plesek back a little bit ago. It's not been fun for them to work around those injuries either. And the interesting thing about this is with it being the makeup and the Reds possibly having a shot to win the Ohio Cup, if not, it's going to be a tie, which that'll be boring. They are kind of in a nice spot here. Sam Hentges while he has been around and he's kind of been healthy for the Indians, that's about all you can say about this poor dude. He has been pitching in multiple roles, whether it is starting, it's relief, it's um, been mostly good out of the bullpen, mostly bad out of the starting role. And you kind of look at his pitch distribution, and a lot of it just has to do with the fact that his fastball his fastball gets absolutely crushed. He throws it 40% of the time and hitters have a 462 batting average against it. Expected slugging of 753. He's actually getting a little bit lucky on the slugging percentage he's allowing at 744. I mean, guys just kill that four seamer and he throws it almost half the time. So the reds need to jump all over this dude. Plus, I mean, you can just look at his last couple of starts to know where he is on this whole uh, starting thing. He had four starts in between the end of June and the beginning of July. And the first one against Pittsburgh, obviously the Pirates, whatever, on June 20th was all right. Five innings, shutout baseball. Then he pitched against the Twins in Minnesota. Three and a thirds, six earned runs. 
He pitched at home against Houston, two and two thirds, six earned runs. He pitched at Tampa Bay against the Rays, four and a third, four earned runs. Time for the Reds to feast. And yes, you're going to look at this and say, well, Jeff, he's a lefty. He fits that profile. Hopefully that is something that the Reds can just absolutely clobber. I know that they have trouble with unimpressive lefties, but Sam Hentges should not be one of them. They should be getting all up on this dude and just going crazy against him tonight in Cleveland. And one of the biggest reasons that I feel really good about their shot to win this uh, game about said series. It's only one game. The is they have Luis Castillo on the mound. He's been phenomenal ever since the month of June. 1.91 ERA since his first start in the month of June to now. Remember when everybody was worried about him? People were saying send him down. There was a uh, article on the Blog Red Machine that talked about he has completely destroyed his chance of getting any sort of contract extension. I think we're all right. I think we're going to see Luis Castillo here, and they should extend him this offseason. That's definitely going to be a topic we talk about uh, during the offseason. But right now, he has just looked phenomenal. A lot of it has to do with his uptick in velocity. His average fastball velocity this year, average, is 97. And for his last couple of starts, it's been laying at 100 miles an hour. He has been burning guys up at the plate and then you mix in that deadly change up there's just no chance for hitters to catch up to him during his last 12 starts from his first start in june to now probably one of the more impressive statistics that i saw in him was the fact that his on base percentage allowed which is 281 is actually higher than his slugging percentage allowed of 277 that's phenomenal So if guys get hits, which they're not because he's allowing like a 188 batting average, but if they get hits, they're singles. He limits the damage. He's not giving up the long ball like he did early on in the season. And a lot of it too had to do with a high BABIP early on. His BABIP right now for the last 12 starts is like 264. So it's lower than league average. So you might say that he's getting a little bit lucky, but it's not as if it's like 100. He's not getting super lucky to the point where you think, Regression's going to come. He's going to get worse here soon. Now, can he pitch the rest of the season to a 1.9 ERA? Maybe not, but he is ultimately amazing when it comes to the mound, and he has a shot tonight to get his ERA below four. Think about that. There was a point back in May where his ERA was almost eight. Now he's got a chance to get it into the threes. That's how good he's been, and what a great turnaround. He has had this year. So excited to see what he can bring to the table tonight for the Reds against this Indian side. And I mean, the the usual subs, uh, suspects that you'll look for the Reds to have to try and pitch around a little bit, Jose Ramirez and Fran Mio Reyes. I'm sure, I, I think it would be kind of silly if the Indians didn't figure out a way to get Reyes into the lineup. He's not a good defender at all. But he has 20 home runs, and he hits really well. He's got an OPS over 900. Fantastic hitter. So he's probably going to play left field or right field, something like that, for them in this game because they absolutely have to. Or wait, no. Look at that. I'm Whatever. They're in Cleveland. He's going to be their DH. Yeah. Yeah. No edits there. Hey, how about that? Jeff's under the weather. But anyway, Franmil Reyes and Jose Ramirez are the two guys that the Reds are going to have to look for. The other guys in this lineup just aren't 
really worrying you? You're not looking up and down this line and saying, boy, this is full. This has been another reason that the Indians just haven't been that good this year. They haven't scored a ton of runs. And they've traded their second baseman, Cesar Hernandez, to their division rival, who is ahead of them, the Chicago White Sox. He's no longer an Indian. He's a White Sox. I don't know how Indians fans felt about that. I don't really talk to a ton of them on a daily basis, but I can't imagine that went over super well on the trade deadline, trading a starting second baseman to your rival. That seems odd, but here we are, the Reds and Indians, one night stand here on Monday to see who officially wins the Ohio Cup or if it's a tie. Really, that's that's going to be a bummer if it ends in a tie, but whatever. Hopefully the Reds get a win tonight. They are heavily favored. If you look at them at betonline.ag, uh, they, they are the favor in the money line. They're actually favored to, to win by one and a half runs or more. It, they Vegas thinks that this is going to be a blowout. Hopefully they're right. All right, coming up, we are going to talk about a thing that really I was thinking a lot about on Sunday as we watched him man third base And that is the idea of how a Eugenio Suarez fits into this lineup. Now we're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we get into that though, I want you to get into a built bar. It is made with 100% real chocolate, which makes it the best tasting protein bar on the market bar none. Plus it's got the stats to stack up against the rest of the competition. We're talking like four grams of net carbs, four grams of sugar, and up to 18 grams of protein. Are you kidding me? You don't even have to eat one of those crappy cardboard bars that they give you in some companies built bar is amazing 100 real chocolate and great flavors too my favorite cherry barcia you've also got peanut butter brownie double chocolate raspberry orange lots of great limited flavors that they kind of rotate in and out as well check them out today at builtbar.com and find your favorite flavor with a mix box by using the promo code lock 15 to save 15% off your next order. Or if you know what your favorite flavor is, you can still use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off that order as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. Speaking of promo codes and locked and stuff like that, go to BetOnline.ag, set up your profile if you haven't already, and type in the promo code Locked On you'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Plus, I give you tips from time to time. If you took my tip on Friday, I told you to take the total game over of nine and a half and the Reds team over of five and a half, and they beat all of that themselves as they beat the Pirates 10 to nothing. So you made some money. How about today? I got a different one for you. It is the Reds and Indians game. But I'm not talking about money lines or run lines or over-unders or anything like that. You can go into their uh, player performance doubles section. It's like you click on the game, click on the markets, and you scroll down. There's like this list of stuff that says player performance doubles. You can bet on Luis Castillo to have seven or more strikeouts and the Reds to win at a value of plus 120. I'm taking that because he's going to fall out of bed in this game and get seven strikeouts. He might have seven before the fifth inning. He's definitely getting at least seven strikeouts, and I got a good feeling that the Reds are coming out winners. So take that today at betonline.ag. Set up your profile, type in the promo code Locked On, and go put some money on Luis Castillo to get seven or more strikeouts and the Reds to win at plus 120. BetOnline.ag has amazing Major League Baseball odds. They've also got NFL futures and more. Check them out today, and when you do, 
set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. All right, we are going to quickly uh, wrap up this episode because it's getting really hard to breathe through my nose. But this uh, third segment here, with the return of Moose, lots of people were saying, well, you could do a platoon. You could do a righty-lefty platoon between Mike Moustakis and a Eugenio Suarez. And while, yeah, that works because a Eugenio Suarez bats right-handed and Mike Moustakis bats left-handed, and ordinarily that would be the way to go about it if you got a lefty pitcher on the mound, i.e. Sam Hent just tonight, then you go righty-lefty. The problem with that is, and just specifically honing in, we know the big picture on a Eugenio Suarez has been terrible all year long, but honing in on the idea of platooning, Eugenio Suarez is actually better against right-handed pitchers by a large margin, like 50 points of batting average. Against left-handed pitchers this year, Eugenio Suarez in 86 at-bats has a batting average of 130. That's bad. I mean, what he's done all year, obviously, he's got a 176 batting average right now. We're talking about the possibility of renaming the Mendoza line to the Suarez line, which I hate because don't get me wrong. Eugenio Suarez is the easiest guy on this team to root for. He is one of the nicest, coolest dudes. I'm so happy that the Reds got him for Alfredo Simon. All of that aside, he's been awful this season, and you can't even explain it as a platoon situation because if you put him in against lefties, you actually put him in a situation that he has shown he's worse in this year. 130 batting average against left-handed pitchers this season. Four of his 22 home runs against lefties. It's weirdly backwards, but you're not going to be able to sell me on the idea that Suarez and Moose need to platoon because then you're putting the Reds lineup again in a hole if you're using Suarez over Moose. Moose's stats against lefties have never been that great in his career, obviously, lefty on lefty, but it's not much worse than that. In fact, I think it's a little bit better. I think that Mike Moustakas should be your everyday third baseman, and you find it bats for Suarez here and there as a super pinch hitter. I know it's weird saying uh, most people are going to sit here and say, but Jeff, he's got 22 home runs. How on earth are you sitting a guy who has 22 home runs? Easy. Look at everything else. Everything else. He has an OPS plus of 60, which means the big picture of all of his batting stats compiled into one number. When 100 is league average, a Eugenio Suarez is a 60. And according to baseballreference.com, he has been worth negative 2.3 war. Negative 2. Point three war. I think Moose should be the everyday third baseman. And I think you try and find some kind of pinch hit at bats for Suarez here and there. But ultimately, if I were the Reds, I'd be like, let's take a look at that shoulder again. Because he has had such a steep drop-off. I mean, we, we were talking about our man Joey Votto, about his career decline and things like that for the last couple of years. Eugenio Suarez hasn't had a decline. Eugenio Suarez's cl- uh, career has hit a cliff. He had an OPS plus of 120-something. I think it was like 121 in 2019. 
It went down to 98 in 2020, and now it's down to 60. Maybe you do one of two things. You see if Suarez is okay in a supporting bench role and you try and maintain his morale in the locker room and things like that. Or you do one of those IL stents where you're like, yeah, there's something wrong with his shoulder and you get like a second and third opinion. I, I, I think obviously he was medically cleared. It's not as if they'd be playing a guy and the doctor said he shouldn't be playing, but there's just something not right there. It's obvious because a Eugenio Suarez is way too talented to be going a whole season with a 60 OPS plus. I think there's something more going on there. I think the Reds should not even look at a platoon. They should look at either putting him in a bench support role and then at the end of the season reevaluating him or begin that reevaluation now, especially with Nick Senzel coming back here soon because that could be a legitimate platoon righty-lefty at third base. Just saying. Anyway, that's my thoughts on the matter. Thank you so much for watching and listening right here to the Lockdown Reds podcast. If you do not already subscribe, make sure you hit that subscribe button. I promise. Usually, I'm not under the weather, and I sound a lot better. I feel like I've sounded like crud the whole entire time. I thank you so much for listening, though. Hopefully, the Reds get a win here in Cleveland tonight. It'll be their sixth in a row if they do. I mean, the Reds are two blowups by Heath Hembry and a third general bullpen blow up away from having 13 straight wins. Let that sink in for a minute. The Reds are on fire, man. We're talking about the red hot Reds. They're going to Cleveland tonight. And then we've got Atlanta for three starting tomorrow. We'll talk about that and we'll recap tonight's game on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. You're following. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Now, go check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Make a couple more bucks on your betonline.ag account today with the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. But as for me, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.